Welcome to Generation Future Ready, a new series powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. This series explores the challenges and opportunities in a fast-changing future and how the generation today, mine, can uh, better prepare themselves with the right knowledge and skills to be future ready. So I'm really excited about this week's episode because we're going to be talking about smart technologies and us. Today with me in the studio are two passionate champions of smart tech. One is a corporate advocate in making our city smarter and the other is a community champion in educating Malaysians from all walks of life. Our community champion is uh, Johnson Lam, the founder and owner of KakiDIY.com. And our corporate advocate is Richard Kerr, the innovation and commercialization manager of Cyberview. So welcome to the show. As a start, tell us something about your background, what you do, and what your organization is about. Uh, let's start with uh, Johnson. Mm-mm. Okay, yep. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, I'm Johnson. Yeah. Yes. So by day, I work for Time.com. And by night, my passion, uh, I actually founded KakiDIY.com. Uh-huh. So KakiDIY is actually an online uh, community pl- platform. Uh, we encourage and inspire people to do DIYs. So DIY, as you know, is do-it-yourself of any kind. can be building your own furnitures or upgrading your car or into technologies like drones and 3D printers, AR, VR, and such. 3D printers, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about your background. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm I study in computer science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ever since when I was really young, like seven, eight years old, I've already been uh, reverse engineering stuff, breaking things down, learning what's inside, and building them. So yeah, although I'm into programming and stuff like that, but my passion is still into like doing stuff, building, uh, you know, getting your hands dirty and DIY. Then from there, I went into management and. But at the same time, yeah, I'm doing this as a hobby. Okay, so um, out of all the DIYs that you do, is there like a favorite kind of DIY that you like? Mm, yes, uh, towards the team of upcycling. I like to uh, look Ooh. at resources around you, mm-hmm. any type of resources, whether it's junk or unused item, uh, combine them and build them into something new or something usable. That's really cool and that's really inspiring because not many people will look at the resources around you and turn it into something that's new. So that's really nice to know that, you know, like that's your favorite yeah. out of everything. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, Richard, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your background, what mm-hmm. you do and what your organization is about. Okay, so um, I work for this company called uh, Cyberview. It's a government-owned company. Uh, so the company is uh, mandated to spearhead the uh, development of Cyberjaya, mm-hmm. which is the uh, Malaysia's tech city, as the global technology hub. So my role specifically in, in Cyberview is to look into innovation and to see what are the new technologies out there and try to implement these new technologies into Cyberjaya. So in the process, if we find the uh, technology is very useful or even uh, we manage to do successful implementation, we plan to roll it out throughout the whole country. I see. Yep. So uh, that being said, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your background. So um, I actually have a background in electronics engineering, Ooh. but I've always uh, have very strong passion in, in computers, electronics, and of course, um, innovation as well. So from, so from when I was still young, I always look into new technologies, how it can help to improve my life and of course the people around me. So I constantly um, subscribe into new um, newsletters that talks about innovation, any new technologies that's uh, coming out from the, from around around the world and, and things like that. 
That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So out of all the newest mm-hmm. technologies that you see out there, mm-hmm. what are you most excited to hopefully implement in Cyberjaya and then maybe the rest of Malaysia? Um, actually, a lot of things that we can um, we plan to you know bring into Cyberjaya, but um, of all the things that I'm truly excited about is actually robotics. Ooh. Yeah. So those are the things that we're looking at and we'll be actually discussing it later. I am super yeah. excited mm-hmm. because robots are neat. Yep. So we hear the term smart a lot these days. Mm-hmm. Can you both share what does smart technology actually mean? Um, how does this relate to our daily lives? And maybe you can help us imagine how does smart tech look like for you in a day of your life? So we'll start with Johnson. Mm-mm. Okay. So for me, smart technologies are technologies that enrich my life. Okay, simple as that. Because uh, you know, these days uh, when you started working out in the world, you have not a lot of time, so you need help in making de- not 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 really making decisions. Uh, uh, you need help in like you know uh, your scheduling and um, the more mundane stuff, so yeah, to speak. Correct, correct. Yeah. Because you don't mm. have to spend time thinking of that simple decision mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah. So for me, things like you know things that can enrich my life can um, settle my schedule for me. Uh, help me plan my route to go to work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, uh, I'll make sure that you know my cars and all my house are talking to each other, so that <laughs> yeah, when I wake up in the morning, they almost like set everything ready for me. Yeah, like turn on, uh, turn off the uh, electrical appliances at home. Uh, actually, my watch and my 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 phone will then tell me that these are my schedule, and my car will remind me that okay, it's time to drive right now because it's going to be traffic jam outside and things like that. Yeah, so this is my definition of smart technology. So, um, how about you? Like, how has smart tech also mm-hmm. influenced your life? Okay, just like what uh, Johnson has mentioned. So, uh, very much about our lives uh, revolves around time. So, we want when we do things, we want to save time, right? Because so that we can do more things. Um, so, so for example, um, I think a lot of people hate queuing. <laughs> Nobody likes to queue. So, yeah. for example, um, if I want to get cash from the ATM. Um, there's always queue, so I try to avoid that as much as possible. So in this sense, I would like to, if I'm making payments, for example, I would try to use my mobile phone as much as possible. So I think a lot of um, stores or merchants nowadays, they support mobile payments. So that is actually um, a smart element to me because when I go to the um, this merchant, I can just use my phone and then just tap on it and I'll scan the QR code and make the payment right away. So I don't have to deal with cash or coins and things like that. And then um, mm-hmm. because everything's done through that kind of digital medium, mm-hmm. would you say that it's more secure in its own way? Yeah, I mean, I mean for even for these uh, these players, um, these e-wallet players, they call it mm-hmm. mobile payments. They have to comply to to the, the regulations set by Bank Negara. So there's a lot of uh, security uh, systems or um, systems in place to make sure that th- these transactions are performed securely. I see. Mm-hmm. So this kind of ensures that there's a more secure thing going on. Yeah, just to make sure that payments, it doesn't go to the wrong channel or things yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's two different takes on how smart tech yep. you know, helps your daily life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, oh, I see, Johnson, that you've brought along a third guest, mm-hmm. a digital friend. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness, guys, Every today we have Alexa. She lit up. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello. So Alexa, tell us about yourself. Hi, Sophie. Richard and Johnson. My name is Alexa and I power the Echo range of digital assistants by Amazon. Just say my name if you need me. I can help you out with your smart home controls, 
or even just checking out things like traffic information and your shopping list. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, this is like my girlfriend at home. <laughs> Digital girlfriend. Digital girlfriend, yeah. I have a smaller version, which is the Alexa Dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, mm-hmm. okay, I say Alexa again and she. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, She's awake. <laughs> yeah. So Alexa Dot uh, travels with me. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so you have the one that comes with you and then you have the one that stays at home. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So you have nice, two nice. girlfriends. Yeah, actually one uh, portable one and one permanent <laughs> one. <laughs> Okay, so basically it's like a, you know, like Google Voice and Siri, mm-hmm. but they build it in a hardware format mm-hmm. into a unit. Uh, it has its own speaker, so actually you can stream music and stuff like that. And it's also very aware, as you can see every time you mention her, its name, right? Yeah. <laughs> it will respond. Responsive. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at the LEDs on top, it actually will show you where uh, it's hearing the voice. I from. saw there was like a visual indicator of where the, the mic is picking up noise. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's correct. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen that on the other um, smart devices, the Google Home, it doesn't have that, uh, I think. Not the directional thing. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, that's really cool, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. So thank you both so much. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to some inspiring hits that make us really think about robots. I'm going to queue up some Daft Punk, maybe. <laughs> and um, we're going we're gonna to get right back to you guys after that. So you're listening to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the Cadia School of Communications and Creative Arts. Welcome back to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the Cadia School of Communications and Creative Arts. Today we are talking about smart technologies and us, and we also have Johnson Lum, the founder and owner of Kaki DIY, and uh, Richard Kerr, the Innovation and Commercialization Manager of Cyberview. Uh, these two are our guests, these two are our champions of smart tech and we even have a third guest over here we've got an alexa device in here and this is my first time meeting alexa so um johnson like we didn't quite explore the capabilities of alexa can you ask her one or two more questions so we can see what she can do okay let's speak into my personal life then (laughs) okay alexa what's on my shopping list you have four items on your shopping list phone batteries eggs and bananas Mm -hmm. so let's say i'm gonna go and get them right Mm -hmm. alexa Get me an Uber. Uber can help with that. Do you want to try it? Yes. Here's Uber from the travel and transportation category. This skill requires you to link your Uber account and your permission to use your location. To enable it, please go to the skills section of the Alexa app and search for Uber. Okay, so of course Uber now is no longer here in Malaysia, so mm-hmm. we can't <laughs> use that anymore. And yeah, we're waiting for Grab to quickly, you know, create an Are Alexa API. Grab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's sad as well because uh, over in the US, mm-hmm. uh, Alexa can interact with like um, BMW as well. So yeah, but Sorry, over here I we can't. So, for example, I can actually tell Alexa to like uh, power my car first mm-hmm. or check the charging or climatize the car before I go in and stuff like that. Oh, this is for like electric cars or hybrid cars, basically. Mm. Yes. Yeah, correct. Wow, mm. that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, Alexa's really neat. <laughs> Maybe I should get one from my house. <laughs> I'll ask my parents. So, um, that being said, now that we've seen what Alexa can do, very exciting. With the rise of automation and digitization, Industry Revolution 4.0, or IR 4.0 as it's often known, is pushing our world forward into a major shift into everything we do. So drawing from your experiences and expertise, what are some major disruptions that you foresee? And uh, can you share an example of the disruptions that have happened already? Uh, Let's start with Richard. Yeah, so um, I think in terms of um, what we've seen out there, like in cities or even 
factories, for example, um, a lot of automation has been done. Like for example, building of um, a car, for example, that we've seen. Because if you look about 100 years ago when cars were assembled, they were done by humans. It was done part by part and everything. But nowadays, everything is almost fully automated. Mm. It's done by robots and everything. And if, and if you if you see um, in terms of uh, disruption, um, in terms of in transportation, for example, uh, an easy example would be how Uber or Grab uh, has come into the uh, the mobility sector um, in smart cities. So how they interrupt um, taxis and conventional public transport transportation, for example. These are the things that we have already seen, um, you know, in in cities around the world. And then the um, the next step up from that is the self-driving car. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that one's still like in the works. Yeah, in the works, and of course, um, a lot of um, research and development has been taking place around the world, mm -hmm. because I think ultimately everyone wants to go into that direction. Yeah. So it's already happening as well here in Malaysia, which we'll talk about again later. <gasps> yeah. So those are the things that's already happening that's so exciting yep. then i don't mm -hmm. have to drive my parents they can, they can just get <laughs> in the car and the car will drive them exactly take me to take mm -hmm. me to guardian take yep. me to cold storage <laughs> so uh johnson how mm -hmm. about you disruptions yeah okay uh for me i think that yes we it is definitely already here building up um i i will build on top of what richard just mm -hmm. said like for example in terms of uh, manufacturing right in the industry yes so we already have a lot of automation where it's actually replacing uh, operational work, right? And at the same time, for IR 4.0, it's going to go one step up where it's also going to replace probably some of the middle management as well. So actually, the disruption here that will impact us immediately will be actually in terms of manpower. Yeah, these guys, these robots are going to take over the world kind of thing. No, <laughs> not, not really, right? <laughs> but it's going to take over all this mundane job. Just mm -hmm. like Alexa, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now Alexas are in our home <laughs> doing home automation work for us. Yep, mm -hmm. and that's the first step. Oof. Yeah, so I'm just going to add something to that. So just an easy example that we can digest. Mm. Just look at um, uh, technology, ATM, for example. Mm. Like 50 years ago, it was the first ATM was installed in, in the UK. So previously, when you have to deal with cash, you need to withdraw cash, you need to meet the teller at the, at the banks. But when they implemented the ATM machine, then you're pretty much dealing with the machine just to get to withdraw money and everything. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's one kind of easy example of how disruption has been done. But nowadays, of course, it's more advanced than that. True, true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like um, one instance that I can think of is uh, at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Now certain places, they've actually got the, what's it, you can do it yourself? Yeah, the yes. self-service card. Yeah, the self-service, yeah. it actually will accept your card and Correct. everything. It's like a little kiosk thing i just yes. call it the robot yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah so when i go to mcdonald's i'm like ma the robot's there yeah <laughs> yeah i even paid using my watch i just tap on it oh yeah. really yeah, yeah. wow mm -hmm. that's so cool mm -hmm. okay so next question uh richard mm -hmm. your work with cyberview involves piloting and testing new innovations related mm -hmm. to making our city smarter mm -hmm. so what are some of the exciting initiatives happening that you can share with us yeah so we have done a couple of things uh, already so one example is uh, there's this one stretch in Cyberjaya. It's, it's about four kilometers. Mm -hmm. So pre and it's kind of short, but then it has eight traffic light junctions. So previously, when people have to travel from one end to the other, it takes them about close to 40 minutes Oof. just because of the queue and everything. But um, some of the things that we did, we installed smart cameras on the traffic lights. So with that, the because the cameras have built-in AI or the artificial intelligence, 
it's able to you know to determine the cues of each junction each junction so whichever junction has a long queue we'll try to prioritize that and then to allow more cars to to go through so from that implementation we were, we were able to reduce the uh, the wait time i mean the travel time from one end to the other from from close to 40 minutes to about 12 minutes wow yeah. so that's one thing that we've done um, also, we have uh, installing sensors around the city, so so we install ten sensors around Cyberjaya to 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 detect the uh, temperature, mm -hmm. the heat index, and of course the uh, the even the air quality, and everything you can actually view this real time data um, online, and because it refreshes every two minutes, so you get when you see um, haze outside, for example, sometimes the readings from from other ministries are not that accurate. So, so with the sensors that we install, oh, you can get like the accurate like air quality. Yes, yes, the air quality is very accurate because it refreshes every two minutes, and all, and at the same time, it's uh, detect even more minute uh, particles. It, we call it the PM two point five. So it's very accurate, and then you're able to get it online as well to view the data. That's so cool. And those are what we have done, but there are things that we are planning to do as well. Like we look into um, driverless vehicles. Mm -hmm. So just a few months ago, we've, we're working with this company to test a driverless vehicle around Cyberjaya, just to see how, how it handles the road and everything. But it was done in a closed area, so. And that's one thing, we're also looking into robotics. Yeah. How we're gonna have robots, for example, um, because we're also building a hospital in Cyberjaya. Oh. Yep, a new hospital. And we're looking to how we can embed robots so, for example, if you go to the hospital, um, usually they would they will take your vitals, right? Your temperature, your 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 um, blood pressure, and everything. We're trying to see how we can automate that using robots. So, when you come into the hospital, there'll be a ro robot to greet you, and then we'll be able to produce uh, to get your registration information, and then take your temperature and even uh, take your blood pressure and things like that. So, those are the things that we're looking at. And there's also one exciting thing is we're also looking into uh, we, what we call it the autonomous convenience store, aut autonomous supermarket. It's something like what you've seen in the Amazon Go. Um, basically, it's an automation. When you go to the supermarket, you don't actually have to deal with cash cashiers anymore. So it's, uh, you don't have to queue. You just grab your items and then put it in your basket and everything. It's uh, calculated automatically. It gets paid automatically and you can just leave the store like that. Ooh. So those are the things that we're looking at. Those are really cool things to look at. And yeah. I, I do see them um, improving mm -hmm. uh, the life and making things more convenient yep. here. Mm -hmm. If and when it makes it over to the rest of the states yep. and stuff. That's right. Yeah. So as I said, we pilot stuff. We, we see how successful the implementation is. If it's, if it's taking off, then we'll deploy it around the country. Well, I am excited mm -hmm. about the robots, all yep. of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for their future with us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, please bring in Sophie quickly. Uh, she might be no, not Sophie. Sorry, the other one. Uh, Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, she yeah. might be my first robot wife. <laughs> <kind of> thing. <laughs> so then you have your two robot girlfriends, robot, and then yeah. the robot wife. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> <laughs> but then the girlfriend will be controlling the wife. Then yeah, hmm, something be, is wrong there. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there'll be a system that you can work out. The technology will change by then, right? Yeah. 
So that being said, I have a question for you too, Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, you connect with the community from all walks of life through Kaki DIY. Would you say that regular Malaysians are aware of IR 4.0 and its implications? And uh, if so, what should we do about this? Okay, uh, I would say generally, no. We are, um, uh, most Malaysians are not quite aware of IR 4.0. Um, probably aware of like, you know, automation, robotics and stuff like that, which is the borderline of one um, I, um, industry three and maybe four, right? So what we do actually uh, with the community is number one, of course, education is very, very important. Okay, educating um, the communities on what is coming uh, and also what do you expect? That means what, what you have to learn to be prepared for that. Okay, for example, today, a lot of people are playing with 3D printers, right? Yes. Yeah, so 3D printers are like basically <coughs> robots building stuff for you, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You tell them what to do. But the next step, especially in IR 4.0, is the 3D printer actually have to help you uh, make some decisions, whether the print quality is good, whether to cancel the print or reprint it, or how to improve it, control the temperature itself and things like that. So I guess it makes mm. it more accessible to those who are not entirely familiar with the process? Uh, yes, correct. Since of it's course. making those choices, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's number one. Even for people who are really into 3D printers, right? Actually doing a 3D print, a perfect 3D print is not easy yes. because you need to understand the material, the temperature of the surrounding and things like that to have the perfect print. Yeah, but for IR 4.0, okay, the person who later on may be tweaking the 3D printer or building the 3D printer have to make sure that they build them smarter. Ah, yeah, to, to get into that. So that's for 3D printers, right? And today, I think a lot of people, we can relate to drones, right? We use yeah. drones as toys. We fly them around and take videos and pictures mm. and things like that. Yeah. Things like that right? yeah, but drones are still kind of stupid in a sense because mm. you tell the drone what to do. Yes. It's not really a drone, it's just a flying machine kind of thing, <laughs> right? Let's say we, we will apply drones into IR 4.0, right? Mm -hmm. Then the drone mm -hmm. will be, again, smarter, where actually uh, the drone knows what to do, what to avoid, what uh, items or data to take. So for example, they are taking pictures, but is it just taking pictures or analyzing the pictures for, let's say, traffic, for mm -hmm. example, in Richard's mm -hmm. uh, case, or uh, like Malaysia currently, a few of the startups are actually looking at agricultural, yeah. oh. hmm. mm -hmm. where drones are actually flying around in huge uh, plantations mm -hmm. and they collect data like, you know, the hydration of the plants, whether they are well, you know, nutrient or things so like that. So it's a drone, but it's equipped with the sensor. Yes, basically. correct. Correct. Sensors and they analyzes data as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually IR 4.0, where you have the hardware, okay, which are the drones, mm -hmm. uh, the digital part, which is the software, like all the sensors and all that, and how they interact with us humans. So these three are well connected and working together. That's basically the summary of it. And that's the revolution. Mm -mm -mm. It's so exciting. I, I really like how everything is just kind of evolving. I mean, I know it's, ex it's uh, kind of scary to think about how the future is changing. But mm -hmm. with all this technology that's coming in, I think that things are going to improve in their own ways. Mm -hmm. So we'll just see where life takes us from that point. Um, I think that's all the time we have for this particular segment. So we're going to go back to some inspiring music that fits the mood. And then we'll get back. So uh, you've been listening to... Uh, Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. Welcome back to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. And now we have reached our long-awaited segment, the Have You Never Ever Challenge segment. So gentlemen, we are going to play a game 
called the Have You Never Ever Challenge. And uh, basically what happens is I'm going to ask you guys a question. And if you've done it before, you say, I have. And if you haven't done it, you say, never. So, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so our first question, have you never ever built something instead of buying it? I have. Big one, big big half. Who who? <laughs> I think I did it like once. Like I helped my stepdad build a CPU. That was about it. Oh, so wow. yeah. So Johnson, mm -hmm. you have. Yeah, lots. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Since you are in a university setting, so let me go back to those days when I was in the university. <laughs> so I was crazy over cars, right? So what I do? You is, didn't build a car, right? Uh, no, almost, almost. but oh not God. that time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, university students, we are low in cash kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm into cars and I love like racing and stuff like that. So I have to make my car more powerful, right? So yeah, I go around uh, picking up industrial waste and I build my own performance parts, like Ooh. improving the air intakes, uh, improving the braking systems, all that from junks. Yeah. Probably that's how Kakidiawa was building from mm. that. Yeah. So wow. how successful were you with that? Oh. Quite actually, until today, people still talking about that particular things that I built. Really? Yeah, until just recently, last week, someone just commented on YouTube again, like, you know, yeah, those were the days you used to build all these things, and today you build other stuff. So that's your legacy, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Like and uh, Richard, so what about you? Oh, okay, well, I'm going to talk about um, a bit on my entrepreneurship experience. Nice. Um, I used to live in China. Oh, Yeah, for a long part? time. I, I live in Beijing for about 10 years. Nice, nice. So, <clears throat> as you know, China, is, uh, they said, it's the factory of the world. You can pretty much get everything there, right? So, one thing that I've done before, I've actually assembled my own iPhone. Yeah. What? <laughs> I assembled my own iPhone. Which, which one? Like an iPhone? Uh, it was the uh, earlier models with the iPhone 3GS. Ooh, yeah. vintage. I had an iPod, and then back then, because the iPod was still new, mm -hmm. and there was no place in China that you were able to get support to, to, to get it fixed. So... So, of course, you go online and then try to find YouTube videos on how to fix <laughs> yeah. it, right? So, that's what I did. And because everything was produced in China, so I was able to order the parts. And then uh, the next day, I got the parts and managed to fix the iPod. So, from there, from the iPod, I, cha I upgraded a, a little bit. I tried to start building an iPhone. So, I went online, checked all the parts available. I managed to get uh, order each part of them and actually assembled one and make it to work. So there were two different devices. You didn't just like Frankenstein an iPod no, 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 no. into an iPhone, yeah. right? So it, was, uh, it wasn't just uh, trying to get experience as well. So from that, actually, I offered a service to, to fix iPhones when I was in China. So that was a little bit of pocket money for you. Yeah, then, that's huh? right. So it was after work. So after work, I would meet people at Starbucks and then um, provide the repair service in front of them, replacing the screen, the speakers and things like that. That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, um, your iPod, was it like the old one with the click wheel? Yes, that's right. It was oh. the iPod 20 gigabyte. It was the, uh, yeah, the, the click wheel. Yeah. It was, oh it was my nice. God. Yeah. So our next question mm -hmm. is, have you never ever thought that machines will become smarter than humans? Uh -huh, this is a complicated one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, never. never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never. yeah. So, mm -mm. Johnson, why? Okay. Um, okay, I agree that machines will be faster than humans, uh, will be more efficient, but never smarter as in intelligent. Mm. Yeah, because intelligence, like for example, in, in decision makings and things like that, there's also things like emotion and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which robots or machines don't understand. Richard, what's your take? Yeah, so uh, I have the same, the same thought as well, but 
probably at this point in time they won't be more intelligent than humans but who knows right in the future i mean when technology gets more mature and more research and development taking taking place and then improving all the artificial intelligence and things like that but then there'll be always this one component missing which is the human elements or the human touch which is i don't think it can be replicated in a machine yeah yeah I mean, that's why there are so many horror movies about that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. honestly, where robots take yeah, over. Right. So, I mean, it'll be a while. We'll see how the future pans out. Mm-hmm. But okay, you guys are both on the same page about this. So our final question for this challenge is, have you never, ever gotten through a week without the internet? <laughs> I have to say never. To die. <laughs> never? Never. Like within the last three months, never? No. Although, although I love the outdoors a lot, uh, I go off-roading, I mm-hmm. go into the rurals and things like that. But the internet will follow you there, uh, right? Yeah, but not some places though. So during that time, yeah, I have to make sure that I'm busy doing other stuff like, you know, building stuff or cooking or cleaning around or working on the yeah, truck or something. Yeah, make yourself busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. If not, I'll just like go crazy. Like, uh, I fly a lot. So, oh. yeah, and nowadays still a lot of aircrafts doesn't have internet on, online. Yes. So, I'll usually pack up work or um, something to watch or something to work on so that during that hours I can work. Yeah. But at the same time, without access to the internet, sometimes you want to refer to stuff. You no, want it's to hard. It's hard. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Understandably so. So, and we're pretty much dependent on the internet we nowadays. Are. And then if you see... Um, there's this um, image that have been circulating around the internet. It's actually the f- it's like that food chain, right? Mm-hmm. So they have this triangle with. So they actually put additional layer at the bottom Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? It's uh, Maslow's the needs. Yes, that's right. right the needs, yes. yes, the bottom Wi-Fi. That that makes right. sense. Yeah. With the new generation, mm-hmm. like I'm pretty sure um, all the kids out there, the idea of growing up without the internet, they can't fathom it. Yeah, so that's right. That's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to see how the world's progressed in that sense. Because like when I was younger, you know, my only internet access was um, asking my parents, and you know, you had jarring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, screech. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kids today, some of them don't even know what dial-up is. Some of my classmates don't even know what dial-up is. Yeah. Kind of horrifying. Uh, I'm the only one who lived through that gen- yeah. generation from no internet to the hey, dial-up. Me too, man. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think now, uh, I mean, there was this uh, very interesting t-shirt I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, the three major fears of the current generation. So one is low battery sign. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. one is the waiting sign. Mm-hmm. The third one is no Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. And I'm so happy to have played this game, this challenge with you guys. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all we're going to do for this segment. So when we come back, we're going to have our final questions. So um, you've been listening to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. You're listening to KDU Campus Welcome back to the final talk set of Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. Today we are talking about technology, smart technology, smart tech, smart tech and us, okay? So um, here in our final talk set, we're going to be asking our guests just a few more questions to kind of wrap things up. So first of all, it is said that Malaysia is not embracing the potentials that Industry Revolution 4.0 brings as fast as some of our neighbors, like uh, Singapore or even Vietnam. What are your thoughts on that statement? And how do you think we can do better and hope to see more in Malaysia? Let's start with Richard. 
Yeah, so if you look in, um, at Singapore, right, the, we always hear stories from, from Singapore about new innovation, new things coming out of Singapore. So actually, Malaysia is not far from that. There are actually a lot of things going on already in Malaysia, but there's just not, a, no one is telling a good story about that. <laughs> yeah, it's how, how they highlight into uh, with the media, because Singapore does a very good job in that in telling stories. I think we need that in Malaysia as well. We need some someone or company or an organization to champion that to tell good stories about what um, what Malaysia is doing. So just one example, like what we are doing in Cyberjaya, a lot of um, uh, new initiatives, new technology or innovation that that are currently being worked on. So it's a, it's a work in progress. We tried we try to you know paint a good story on that. How we highlight local tech companies are doing awesome things, new technology and things like that. Yeah. Well, having you here and mm -hmm. hearing all the things that, mm -hmm. um, what, that Cyberview is working on mm -hmm. right now, um, I think that at least to the students and our listeners, mm -hmm. they have a better idea of what's happening, so yep. they have better hope for the future in that sense, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, Johnson, what's your take on this? Mm -mm. Okay, uh, I have three points. One point is covered by uh, Richard already, so mm -hmm. uh, about like, for example, the whole story about what's happening in Malaysia, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of what Cyber, uh, Cyberview and Cyberjaya is growing, right? So the story of Cyberjaya, because it's like one entity, it's easy for us to learn about it. But in, in terms of the entire Malaysia kind of thing, mm -hmm. someone will have to you know connect all this ecosystem yeah. together to tell the world, right? Yeah. So that one is maybe very high up government space, right? Second uh, point will be on the corporate sectors where they actually for IR 4.0, they have to work together more, okay? Because end of the day, the data and the learning and things like that and how they collaborate together is very, very important. In, in terms of uh, growing this and moving it forward. The uh, third one is actually the people themselves, us, okay, where our skill set is uh, important now uh, because for IR 4.0, we are not going to do a lot of operational stuff, right? A lot of middle uh, management thinking is going to be done by machines, right? So we need more skilled people to actually, um, you know, manage these machines, come up with more uh, algorithms or even like, you know, creating new things that will work together in all these three things. Right. Yeah. Mm. So, so just to add to that, for example, if you look into driverless vehicles, right? Mm -mm. Um, this will create a lot of new industries. So for example, when, when driverless vehicles are more efficient, they use less amount of space on the roads. And also it will actually, because it drives so well, there will be less accidents on the road and it will affect you know, the insurance industries. Yeah. And also, for example, new materials will be developed because mm. you won't be using the tradi traditional materials to build cars. You True. will yeah. use more sustainable, sustainable materials, like yeah. those, not this plastic anymore. Maybe there will be more emphasis on solar power. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, possible. correct. Yeah, correct. So all yeah. of these things, uh, all of these new technologies, mm. uh, one good thing about it is it's going to create these new industries and of course yeah. more jobs for the correct. future. And so we'll be looking into jobs that we haven't mm, thought of yet. Thought of yet, yes, correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like the point uh, Richard mm. talked about, like the traffic, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, today, 
our way of thinking is we we keep on improving roads, right? Making yeah. bigger roads or more roads and yeah, highways and things like that. Yeah, all the roads are widening all the time. Mm. There's like construction yeah. happening on the roads just yeah. out here. Yeah. Mm. But actually, like what Richard said as well. So next time when cars are smarter and things like that, actually the current infrastructure is good enough because yeah. cars are so smart that they will weave into traffic. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, they will even avoid people. It's just like in Vietnam where humans like us, mm-hmm. we can just cross the road because the the other driver. Will actually avoid you. Yeah. That's like a special AI kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Next time technologies are going to be like this, yeah. right? Cars so, will be talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. correct. Mm. So actually now, so we don't need more traffic lights and stuff like that. We don't need more people to build roads and all that. Mm-hmm. But now these people who are building roads today will be the people who actually control the you know those those machines that are on the road mm-hmm. okay yeah. they probably do like button clicking to know that okay now uh, it's going to be um, festive season it's something that is not in the pattern or something like that so what they do is okay we optimize this section of the road and that's it okay of course machines can do that but machines will take time to learn all this emotional stuff and mm-hmm. uh, festive stuff yeah anyway. the AI's yeah. got to really pick up on that yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. yep Okay, I think that's interesting though. So I guess that kind of adds on to the work of the um, the traffic controller, Mm-mm. Yep, right? correct, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. So our final question is, what is your advice or recommendation to our listeners who might want to better prepare for the fourth industrial revolution? And for those who are keen on adopting the use of smart tech in their daily lives, how do you recommend that they should start? Uh, Johnson. Hmm, okay, I think just go out and experience it today. I think there's a lot of things that you can access <laughs> to like Alexa. But you have a phone. Everyone's phone has yeah. either Siri or Google Assistant nowadays. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's not just the novelty thing. Sometimes when people buy a new iPhone, right, then they test out Siri. Hey, tell me a joke and stuff like that and that's it, right? Yeah. But actually try to embrace it and, and, and see how these technologies can help you in your daily life. I think that's the first step. Okay. Second step will be how you would then be in this ecosystem with this technology and then impact people around you or your community as well. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think these two things alone uh, will, will <laughs> kick off a lot of you know, thinking and you'll start to realize that, oh, these are things I need to learn about. I mean, like, like Richard say about robots, right? It's not just robot as a tool or a toy. Yeah. Yeah, but robot can be enriching your community kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to control this robot? Okay, if you are into programming and stuff like that, yes, probably it's time for you to learn more technical stuff. Yeah, but if let's say you're into business, right? Then you think about like, oh, if robot is in this ecosystem right now, how will it help business by, you know, reducing uh, number of work or, or improving processes and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. so basically it's just like how it's implemented in a way and also yeah. like how you think about it. Yeah, how, how, how it will impact you first, impact mm-hmm. people surrounding you and from there it will start a lot of thinking of like how it will fit in the world today. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm sure our listeners will be sure to keep that in mind. I know I will. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And uh, Richard, what's your take? Okay, so um, I just want to go back to my point about you know making payments, for example. Yes. So, I as I said, I had I hate queuing, <laughs> and of course <laughs> I hate handling cash. Hate to have a lot of cash in my in my pocket. So, so one thing, one easy thing that you can do is try to download the uh, various um, e-wallet apps or payment apps that are available in the market. There's a lot of them I know, Karen, right now. 
unlike in China, there's everything is integrated into one WeChat yeah, and everything. Yeah. You can do the payment and everything from there. But I think Malaysia is getting there because there are a lot of players right now. They are trying to focus on um, making payment, but everyone has their own, you know, unique uh, Solution. uh, solutions. Yeah. But I think eventually everything needs to be integrated. So eventually, when you make whether you download this app number A or app B, you can still you know do. Cross transfer and cross payment with all the different merchants around Malaysia. So that's one example that you can do right away. Uh, just try whichever fits you the best. Um, I know one app that you can use. It always gives you cashback. So every time you pay, you get ten percent cashback, and then you get when you go to the same merchant again, you'll get that discount. Nice. So it's so much better than using cash. It is in yeah. that way. I mean, you're you're getting cash mm-hmm. back. Cash so back, yeah. uh, that is better than just using conventional yeah, paper exactly. money and stuff. Yeah. So like for example, uh, I I like to eat durian, right? So <laughs> there's this one one stall somewhere in Taman Tun that they they accept, you know, mobile payments. Ah, huh, really? Yeah, that's right. So when you make payment, you get at least depending on the price of the durian, like right? so Use your iPhone to pay for your Musang King. Exactly. Nice. And then <laughs> you get up to 10 ringgit discount wow. for your next durian. Yeah. That's what I call mm-hmm. innovasi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you both so much for all that insight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also thanks to Alexa for being here as our third guest. It's been super fun and robots are cool. So uh, <laughs> that's all the time that we have this week. Next week, we're going to have two more interesting guests who are discussing on what it takes to be responsible digital citizens. So tune in same day, same time next week. And you can also find our podcast on Facebook and even on the PetraScience website. So I hope you guys can tune in for that one. Uh, I'm Sophie and signing off from Generation Future Ready, powered by PetraScience at the KDU School of Communication and Creative Arts. You're listening to KU Campus Radio.